by order of the Supreme Hollywood, you are hereby ordered to cease revealing spoilers on your podcast, or face the wrath of the great cinematic lord. You must disband your crew and forever close the door to your establishment. Never. I shall never stop discussing movie spoilers. What? This is madness! Madness? Madness? This is the Spoiler Room! The Spoiler Room Podcast, Episode 300. Tune in to the Special Mark Production YouTube channel on October 6th, 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time for a two-hour live event. The crew will be discussing their favorite what-the-fuck movies, WTF movie product tie-ins, and whatever else comes to mind. There will be a live chat so you can make suggestions, ask questions, or just say what the fuck. You can also find a link to the event at specialmarkproductions.com. So mark your calendars and prepare to take a seat in the spoiler room, where the conversation is fresh, but we do spoil the movies. As I was closing up for the night, I thought about all the movies that had been discussed in the spoiler room. That was when the temperature in the room changed. I went to the thermostat and it said it was 52 degrees KB. Suddenly I found myself in a maze of movie posters. No matter what direction I went, each path led me back to one actor, Kevin Bacon. That was when it was clear what I had to do. When I snapped out of it, I added bacon to the menu. 2020 was going to be an interesting year in the spoiler room. And welcome, my friends. It is that time once again. Thank you for venturing down the stairs, pulling up a chair, and coming to the place where uh, the conversation is fresh, but we do spoil the movies. Yes, it is the spoiler room. 52 degrees KB is the temperature all year. And tonight... No, it's not just a movie rating. It's the title of a film. We are looking at Triple X. Yes, XXX starring Vin Diesel. And tonight with me to talk about it, he's back in the spoiler room. It is once again, Mr. Ian Simmons. Hello, sir. How are you? A little confused. You told me to watch a Triple X movie. Vin Diesel wasn't in the thing I watched today. <laughs> you, wa- you, you watched The Rock. You, did you have Google Safe Search on when you, when you searched Google when you search? No, I just I, I pull it off my shelf. Oh, <laughs> oh, you're one of those physical media pr- prudes. Okay, fine. I think. Yeah, I yeah. don't stream my triple X. I I just go and pull it out of the the bottom drawer of my my sock closet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, bottom bottom drawer is a different film. Oh, that's a different film. That's that's the special night film. <laughs> okay, so I had you pick uh, uh, three numbers, and so I've got the synopsis here of Triple X. Let me see Ooh. if uh, I can um, I can su- summarize this. I think this is it. I've got a number of options here. So, so Triple X XXX. Xena plays the xylophone in the Xavier University marching band, and Xander plays the xylophones in the Xavier University orchestra. When the two happen to rent the same practice room, they begin a relationship on the right note. But their happy duet is soon in jeopardy when Xander's parents threaten to pull him from school if he continues his relationship with the band geek. That's not not the one? Okay. No. Okay, sorry. 
There was some blowing of horns in the movie I there, watched. There but... was blowing of horns. Sorry. They, they weren't necessarily using their mouths. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> okay, Triple X here. Triple uh, X in the image of the poster, it's one of those moonshine bottles with the X xx on it is a story of a family of moonshine runners in montana their main moonshine hideout falls under attack from the sheriff and his deputies uh, during the three-day standoff a snowstorm blows in and soon the two groups find themselves trapped in the mountains for the winter will the two groups put their differences aside to survive or will they kill each other in the frigid cold that not that triple x but no but it does sound like triple x could be the sequel to dosakis so trace trace Ekis, maybe? Trace, that, trace, trace yeah. that that or it's the crime version of seven brides for seven brothers i don't know uh <laughs> i actually i watched that movie this afternoon too way different than you might expect that's, that's way different i imagine okay no 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 i've got the triple x here a spaceship with three sexy aliens crash land in just outside a convent these aliens try to blend in by dressing as nuns and they hope no one notices their X-shaped nipples. Watch as they test the faith of the ladies as they prepare for their vows. What? No, that's wrong. Triple X. I would watch that movie, though. <laughs> I, think, I think a lot of people would. <laughs> Why don't you give the synopsi of Triple X? Um, okay. <laughs> Not that... Z- Xander Cage, played by Vin <laughs> Diesel, is an extreme sports guy. He hangs out with Tony Hawk and uh, does all this crazy stuff, and he ends up getting recruited by a shadowy government agency, um, not named Shield, because this was a few years <laughs> before. Uh, I, I'd like to think that Sam Jackson's character like became Nick Fury. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> he had the scarring on his face, so it's but uh, yeah, yeah. So he recruits Xander Cage to become an international spy because all the international spies they've been sending over to, uh, like I think the Czech Republic or wherever. This bad business is going down. They keep getting found out by the agency that they're you know spying on. So they're like, well, send some really skilled amateurs in for recon. Um, so Xander goes over there, meets up with Yorgi, who's the the head guy who's got this secret uh, submarine that launches poisonous gas that then dissolves back into the water, so it's untraceable, but it's lethal. Um, also, everybody in this movie is a secret agent working for someone else. <laughs> the only person who's not a secret agent working for someone else is the head of the secret agent or agency that hires Vin Diesel. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, that's that's a good summary. I mean, so 2002, this came out, and this was just after he... Because he was on the roll. He had Pitch Black, and then he had The Fast and the Furious... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he came, came out of Saving Private Ryan. He did a couple of films. He did the voice of Iron Giant, which I didn't blew my mind years later when I realized that that was I'm like, holy crap. Uh, you know, so he was he was on the rise for sure. And so this was, you know, he's a stunt man. So how do you utilize a stunt man? Well, you put him in a film with a lot of crazy stuff. Mm. <laughs> and then you use a double but uh <laughs> and in one scene i'm sure that they used a double who actually had hair i, I was like I what the hell guys <laughs> so yeah uh it, it was around that time though and, and do you remember when you first saw this film i remember the first like three or four times i saw this i loved i saw triple x i think twice maybe three times in the theater when it came out wow um yeah i was a huge fan and 
I hadn't, I think I watched a couple of times on video. Uh, I hadn't watched it in at least 10 years until revisiting it this afternoon. Sure. And at the same time, this is the most 2002 movie you could ever watch. <laughs> Uh, it's still like, it's still, it holds up. It's funny. Like it's funny. The stunts are amazing and they don't look like they've been overly CG'd to death. Mm -hmm. I kept thinking while I was watching this movie that if they had just not, if they had left the fast and the furious franchise alone after like the second or third movie, mm -hmm. they could have just done triple X, you know, seven or eight, because that's, what this, that's what the fast and the furious became is like right. international globe trotting spies and like mm -hmm. jumping out of car or airplanes on snowboards and stuff. Uh, and you've also got this secret, you know, X-Men, you know, Avengers style thing going on with recruiting people and Sam Jackson. It was like, it was six years ahead of its time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is Suicide Squad before Suicide Squad was huge. You know, <laughs> I mean, it pretty yeah. much is the concept of, of Suicide Squad. Um, yeah. I remember when I first saw it and I thought it was good for an action film. You're like, okay, you know, I think this is going to sound funny. I think this is one of Vin Diesel's better performances. Yes. Um, actually, I mean, outside, I mean, yes, Saving Private Ryan, but all, but I mean, as far as his action film, performances go he really seems comfortable in this character and and he's really behind it and the dialogue but he's in a safe zone with this character xander cage in that he's pretty much playing himself kind of a, an extreme stuntman guy i mean because that you know he he did stunts so as far as if i remember correctly that's how he started out but so he really is comfortable in the skin of of triple x for sure more so than even dominic toretto you know i mean he he seems a lot more comfortable with the dialogue and script and just everything about this film yeah because i mean dominic toretto is kind of a meathead and he's more of this solemn kind of like mm. it's all about family kind of a guy but you know i don't want to i've i've never really liked dominic toretto because you know the fast and the furious although i've never seen the first one Hmm. I've seen all of them except for one and three. Uh, they just seemed like a franchise that never should have been a franchise in the first place. I think a more fun character, a role that shows off what Vin Diesel can do, which is which is triple X, because he has a chance to be really funny. He has a chance to be really serious because that scene where he's getting recruited and Sam Jackson is like, you ever you ever see a wild lion in a hmm. in a zoo? Hmm. And you just see the look on Vin Diesel's face where he looks like he's about to cry because he realizes that I, you know, this guy could lock me up and that would be the worst thing ever to happen to me. I was like, holy shit, I just got chills. Um, <laughs> it also shows off he's, you know, he looks really great holding a gun and rushing in to save the girl and <laughs> oh, pretending to be on a motorbike. I, I'm going to bring that up in a minute, but yeah, uh, <laughs> you're right. He, he, he. <laughs> He does well in here. He shows emotions. I don't know if it's just the director, if it's the fact that he's into this character. I mean, folks, if you haven't seen this, this is uh, them trying to make an Americanized James Bond. This, yes. th this is pretty much them trying to do the American equivalent of James Bond. Um, you know, whereas Bond is more like, I'm Bond, James Bond, give me my martini, and I've already been three steps ahead of you. Dominic Toretto has a hammer, and he's just, he's going to drive a Corvette of a senator off of a bridge and uh, do a... Xander Cage. Xander you Cage, just invoked, yeah, sorry. He, he, I did invoke, yeah. 
Sorry. No, it's it's fine. But, I, I could see that. Ooh. What if you did like a Jean-Claude Van Damme? What was that movie where he played twins? Oh, yeah. Uh, back, yeah. yeah, like Double Trouble double, or some double shit. Double Impact, I think. It was. Double Impact, yeah. right? Which is also another, a movie I pulled off my shelf earlier today, but, it, but Jean-Claude Van Damme was not in it. Um no, if you had Dominic Toretto and Xander Cage as cousins, oh, and you had you like go. Vin Diesel playing both characters in a movie, oh my god! But uh, no, so yeah, it's James Bond, even down to the closing scene mm-hmm. where he's like on in Bor- at Bora Bora with Aja Argento, and they jump into the water and they're swinging around naked, and there's that very Bond esque theme music playing. Like this is uh, why was this not its own franchise? Like I know they did the Ice Cube thing later, and then they brought back Xander Cage for the third movie. I didn't see the second or third movie because I'm like I just wasn't interested. I wanted to see this movie repeated like seven times in its own franchise <laughs> with different vaguely European sure. international bad guys. <laughs> and and I think they could have. I don't know if it's just confidence, you know, it may not have taken off. Or like you said, maybe it was a little ahead of its time. Maybe if it came out now, it could get a little more following, if anything, for the camp style. Uh, but there is a lot of things I really love about Triple X. One is the Xander Cage character. Vin Diesel, I think, is better. Uh, Aja Argento is in there because she is in there. Um, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I, her character is. I know they try with her, and if it wasn't for her, many people wouldn't probably have discovered uh, her dad's work. Uh, but <laughs> you know, um, in here, I think I think she's she almost was stunt casting of sorts. I would almost like to see a slightly different performer in this role or maybe it was the way she was written i mean it is a very masculine uh script so i mean it's like you know uh and james bond style so i you know for her character i was like eh, you know um they could have pretty much had anyone i think in that role that's that's yeah. true and i think they did spend you know masculinize is a good uh good way to describe this script because as much as I think it was ahead of its time, I don't think this movie could have come out today, at least in its current incarnation, because you do get a lot of that, you know, call it early Fast and the Furious ogling of, you know, half-naked women, although you do see, you know, a lot of Vin Diesel in this movie. <laughs> um, but, no, with her, there's, the, like, this little exchange towards the end of the movie mm-hmm. where she's talking about how she was working for Russia's mm-hmm. CIA, essentially, but after like some severe political problems, she essentially, the people that hired her to put her in, they were dissolved. So she was on, in deep cover with no one giving orders and no one to report back to. Right. That's that's a movie in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And I think if they'd have spent more time establishing what her relationship was with Yorgi, because you never know, were they boyfriend and girlfriend? Was she just a henchman? They kind of imply that he like used her up and you know, they'd been doing stuff for a while, but I really wanted to know more about that. And I think if the film had been concerned about that and not just Vin Diesel kind of busting in Mm -hmm. to save the day, it could have been really cool. Well, and and they do throw Yorgi throws that line because later on in the film, it's revealed that, you know, she is an agent and they're both outed both Vin Diesel uh, both Triple X and her are outed as agents to Yorgi, and he goes up to her and he goes, I knew all the time and I just used you. Um, and I'm like, okay, that was a cheap way out, but okay. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, really? This long? You, But whatever. 
Um, but I, well, I, I, would I, I read that as a, as a different, like, I, I don't know if he was telling the truth. Oh, I think he I might've just been like, yeah, I, I put you through this hell, mm-hmm. including sleeping with me. You probably think I'm disgusting. You know, he might've not known and he was just trying to, again, be the macho asshole. Yeah. Well, he was the macho asshole. He was the nihilistic guy, you know, you know, um, who just wanted to wipe the world out, uh, at, at randomly. And, and I mean, the group that he formed, Anarchy 99. Yes, folks. I mean, if you don't see the pieces put in place for them trying to make this an American James Bond instead <laughs> of Spectre, you have Anarchy 99, a group of individuals who are bent on anarchy. They don't have devotion to any country. Um, in fact, that's the whole ploy of this is that they are creating a chemical weapon that's just in the submarine that's solar powered. Hey, they are ahead of their time for green energy. Um <laughs> 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 could circumvent the world and just launch these chemical missiles wherever. And his whole plot was that getting countries to fight against each other and people dying in mass, and then they'd be all silent because the, the chemicals called Silent Night. And and that's actually a scary concept. I mean, we've seen it before, but at the same time, I thought, okay, this guy's pretty, you know, he's pretty evil. Um, but we don't spend a huge amount of time with him. I mean, he's, he's pretty much the bad guy, you know, <laughs> I mean, this movie is called triple X. And if you forget it, don't worry, you'll see the tattoo on the back of Vin Diesel's neck about 80 times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, really guys. <laughs> and on top of that, he gets shot with these nasty tranquilizer darts <laughs> twice within the course of 24 hours or whatever. Right. How, but he's still just like bouncing around, like I'm gonna go fight these guys in Colombia. No, (laughs) but you know this this movie does feel like a comic book superhero film before before the the Marvel thing really took Mm -hmm. off again six years later. So watching it, I don't think I fully appreciated Mm -hmm. what Rob Cohen and company were doing back in 2002. But now that we're in the era of the comic book movie, I'm like, this is the perfect James Bond comic book, you know, adaptation Mm -hmm. for extremists, the the extreme sports fandom. Well, I mean, and what's funny is, is they're being trendy in this. I mean, let's not, let's not pull punches. Though the studio is like, Hey, those kids are using webcams now. It's 2002. (laughs) How about he use I mean, so we are talking the internet though. I really don't want to know how much it took for him to broadcast that video in 2002. Um, but, or how long it took to upload on their cable modem. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so weird because I'm sitting there thinking, like, oh, he's just live streaming, you know, or or whatever. Yeah, right but now, no, this yeah. Is, this is this is almost twenty year old <laughs> technology. It was not the same what no, he was doing. No, but they were making it like the, it, the same. I mean, it, you yeah. know, again, movie world not exactly paying attention to the way things really are. I see you hackers, um, <laughs> but <laughs> oh god, that's I'm almost tempted to do an episode of Hackers next year. Uh, <laughs> go for it heck, being the it guy trust me that one that one really has me shaking my head um if you do that sign me up i would love to talk <laughs> hackers with you <laughs> but with triple x yeah i mean they do have the trendy he's extreme sports because especially in the early 2000s extreme sports was the thing that's why you know he's a, a adrenaline junkie um the internet thing you know he's streaming on webcams which are highly armored so he can 
they can hook up these very large armored webcams to this Corvette he steals just so that yeah, he they're can... like strapped down to the hood and everything. It's crazy. <laughs> they're strapped down to the hood and he's broadcasting this live on the Internet. And I'm like, dude. I don't know how people are watching it because most of them are going to have the bandwidth to watch your videos. Like it's probably like, uh, uh, uh. but um, <laughs> it's like frame by like every third frame. Right. But you know, so they're being trendy. So they're trying to appeal to the young kids. You can see where they're going with it, but it is fun. I mean, watching it now, it aged fairly well. I think um, you're right. I mean, Sam Jackson is like, it's the primer for, for <laughs> Nick Fury. It really is. You watch his character in this. They've got the whole displays. It's all secret. It really is. is like a, a precursor to a lot of the stuff we saw. And you mentioned the music. I'm going to say, and I didn't have a chance to put the clip together. I was going to, but the themes, the theme of Xander Cage is, I swear to God, note for note, the same theme as the cartoon 60s Iron Man theme. Dee, 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 dee. I'm like, wait, I've heard that before. That's, I I think that's the Iron Man theme from the series. <laughs> it, it rang, it, it was sounded very familiar to me too, so I, you're probably right. 60s or 70s whatever it came out i'm just like because that track is actually on the iron man soundtrack the original cartoon because they do an ode to it in that movie uh when he's at one of their dinners the the band plays that but (laughs) um so that's on the soundtrack but when i heard those notes i'm like wait really really Well, you also know it's a 2002 film because you hear Let the Bodies Hit the Floor by, uh, was it Drowning Pool? You've got (laughs) Let the Bodies Hit the Floor. You got Kramstein in here. You know, you've got them doing a song in here as well. Uh, It opens up with one of their songs. So, yeah, it's got got that. They're they're being edgy. You know, they've got got these uh, hard metal. And then, uh, yeah, you've got outrageous stunts, which are awesome, actually. This whole sequence they do because they do a test for Xander. And first off, he's in a cafe, which is very reminiscent of other past tests for our super sleuthers, you know, fighter or superhero guy who really real easily figures out people are not who they are in this cafe. They drop him in Colombia and it's actually real Colombian drug lords played. <laughs> we, we get a wonderful cameo in here um, who I forgot he was in here even until uh, <laughs> Until Machete shows up. It even had a machete. <laughs> you know, and that's the thing, is this was way more an awesome cameo in 2002 than it was in 2020. <laughs> yeah. Because it's funny, when Danny Trejo walks into that barn, I had the same reaction as Vin Diesel. I rolled my eyes so hard, right? and he did it at the exact same moment. <laughs> I felt like we were in sync. <laughs> Yeah, it was. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, it's Trejo! I forgot he was in here as a drug lord." Go figure. Way, <laughs> way to go, Hollywood. Um, but it's 2002. But I love that whole sequence, and it's a long action sequence because he's about to get tortured. He realizes it's a real, not a test. These are real drug lords, and then two 
uh, Hueys come in, gunships come in and start mowing the place down and guys are shooting. And it's an extensive scene with lots of stunts, explosions and choreography. I, I loved this whole sequence. I did too. And I, I noticed there was a way that it was, um, shot i feel like michael mm-hmm. bay might have used some of this for his uh, transformers <laughs> mm-hmm. movies later on just that mm-hmm. that whole thing of like the helicopters firing out those multiple rounds the explosions are going off and i mean these were very particular points of view it almost i felt like i recognized some james cameron from the future war mm-hmm. stuff from t2 uh just the way the shots were set up so rob cohen you know it's a big dumb action movie but it's very well and artfully put together and even when it's most ridiculous, when you see, quote unquote, Xander Cage riding a dirt bike and he jumps it like over a roof through the air, the helicopters blow up part of the Coke production plant. So it's like this puff of like white and then it's exploding and then he turns his bike midair so that he can slide horizontally through barbed wire. Yes. I'm like. This is impossible, but I absolutely believe it. <laughs> I Well, by that point, you don't care. You're into that action sequence. You just want – and, yeah, he turns it sideways to go through razor wire fence because there's a gap big enough just for him <laughs> to jump up and navigate and, you know, just between the – and I'm like, okay, that's ridiculous. I don't care because that's that's really cool. And that's, that's a lot of things in these stunts. It's like uh, – but it is – I mean, we are 2002, and a lot of the stunts are practical, not CGI. There's a stunt later uh, on after that one where he's driving up. He ramps up as the mo- as the helicopters are shooting, and they blow up this house as he's still on the roof of it. And he or a stuntman, whoever, you can see the guy. I love the camera shot. They actually get the guy. He's still driving down the roof of the house. And it's not CGI. He's there as shit's blowing up around him. And it's crazy. I, and I'm just looking at going, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, you know, the, even that is outdone by the avalanche oh, scene God, towards yeah. the end. Now, that was poorly, poorly CGI, but... <laughs> Well, I, that's the thing. I didn't think it was that, you know, bad. I, mm-hmm. I granted I was watching it on a, on a laptop, but, yeah. um, I was wondering how they pulled this off because again, a lot of the, uh, the camera angles, mm-hmm. um, it, it felt impossible. So I'm like, I know there's some kind of manipulation, uh, that's going on here, but it didn't look cartoonish to me. It, no, uh, some of the snow shots look real and it almost looks like, yeah, it was a controlled drop of snow, especially when he first starts the avalanche, when the snow mm-hmm. is first going after he launches the, the hand grenades. It's when you get the action close up shots that you could kind of tell it's compositive. But when you get to the wide shots of yes. the guy actually down the snowboard and the snow coming down around him, that looks really good and really real. So, you know. Whether or not it was it was faked or not, that looked really good. It was just some of the close-up action shots were just a little dated. Not bad, but, I mean, you could kind of tell some of the shot. You're just like, okay, that, yeah, you know, <laughs> okay, that one. Um, but I, I love that whole sequence. And so it's like three-quarters of this film. Vin Diesel, Xander Cage is awesome. He's great. And... I don't know. For me, it it fell apart just a little bit. It was almost like they weren't quite sure how to end the damn movie. (laughs) Yeah, I I was checking my phone a little bit because the scene where 
the rocket boat with the poison is going down this canal. Yes. And Yolanda, what was Asia Argento's character's name? I've got it written down here somewhere. Oh, Yelena, I think. Yelena, yeah. Yeah, she and Xander Cage are in the GTO and they're racing on like a bridge, mm-hmm. kind of parallel this thing, trying to catch up to it and also figure out. They've got this Bond car full of gadgets, but it's absolutely useless because they're trying to chase down a mobile bomb. Uh, that scene went on forever. Yeah. And when Xander you know, eventually pops the American flag parachute, I was like, again... James this is, Bond. It's yes. totally James, but that would be a British flag if it was exactly. Bond. Yeah. Uh, and then he jumps onto the boat and he disarms it. I mean, I thought the way that he got out of the situation was kind of cool because admittedly, even though I know this is the first of a potential franchise and it's a Vin Diesel movie, he's not going to die. It was kind of sketchy. Like, how is he going to, like, really, how is he going to get out of this situation? Because right. the missiles are armed he doesn't know how to stop the thing so he literally just takes the middle one yanks it out by sheer force and shoves it back in upside down so it'll blow itself up down underneath the water i was like that's genius it was was, all this stuff get leading up to it i was kind of yeah i was bored it was it just seemed like all of the they blew their wad with these really big set pieces to end with this lame little race well yeah not only that but i mean it it really is where he gets outed and and also where they start the romance angle because i that's how you know it still kind of falls in those tropes because i think they they could have not had to have these two at least romantic you know at that point you know maybe later on after they've gone through the traumatic things but in any case they're after they get outed yeah what really starts this whole action sequence is after they get captured and suddenly and this, this was when the, the the start of it. Xander forgets to take the safety off of gun. Now, I, yeah. I I wouldn't have had a problem with that, but up until now, he's got a really cool James Bond shoot different types of arrows, first person shooter type of gun. And you're telling me that he grabs this nifty new bigger gun, and he has forgotten to take the safety off. And then, the, you know, and then she goes, oh, you have to, you know, it's a moment to show that she was, you know, on his level or she was very proficient in weapons. But at the same time, I'm like, OK, I could see if it was a running gag throughout the film to where he kept, <laughs> you know, forgetting to take the safety off the gun. But at that point of like, OK, and then that starts. Yeah, the 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 rocket show to where, you know, he he shoots the guy from many miles away. And so they've aced the bad guy in the boat kind of unceremoniously. Yeah, it's, it's a Yergi really lame guy. villain ending. Yeah, it's, it's like, you know, this isn't like Hans Gruber dropping off of a off of a boat or, you know, you know, uh, 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 fuck the bonus or whatever at the end of Wanted Dead or Alive or Rutger Howard pulls the pin on the grenade and San, uh, uh, Gene Simmons mouth. Uh, it's not <laughs> like that. No, he, this guy's riding away in. In this pedestrian boat and Vin Diesel is, is well, excuse me, Xander Cage has got his gun and he's shooting again. He's shooting, you know, he, he remembered to take the safety off this time and, <laughs> and he shoots the guy in the boat as this door is going to come down and cutting him in half. And that's more of the, you know, the, the dramatic moment than him shooting the bad guy. Cause he shoots the bad guy. Finally, be, of course, after the bad guy taunts him and says, 
learn how to shoot. And he go like, okay. <laughs> he kills him, and the boat runs into the rocks and blows up. And I'm like, that? After you built up Yorgi as this huge nihilistic bad guy, he gets killed in a boating accident. Okay. Well, that's that's anarchy for you. It's unpredictable. <laughs> that's that's true <laughs> because you don't realize there's another twenty minutes of the movie, which is them in this car trying to figure out after they've built up this really cool car with all these weapons, and they manage to blow up a potato bucket and rip the hood off of it and eject him. That's what this car ends up doing. <laughs> I mean, it's like, but it really felt like this this ending they weren't quite sure where they wanted to go with it, unfortunately, it, you know, cause I was in it. I'm, I'm telling you every time I watch this film, I'm in it up until like that car chase, like you said. And then after that, I'm like, <laughs> you know? yeah, um, they should have found a way to incorporate that climax in with the, like just after the avalanche sequence. Uh, yeah. Or at least make it more spectacular, something with a bit more stakes, like have Yorgi riding that, you know, submarine thing. Right. And then there's like a fight on because it's big enough. I, I had forgotten how big this thing was. I always thought it was like a small little no, vessel. But yeah. no, Vin Diesel has to like, like climb across it and there's like steps on it and shit. Um, yeah, it, it was a missed opportunity. It, it was. And, and like I said, it, maybe it was budget things. Maybe they weren't quite because... There's w many ways they could have put it down, and this seemed like, like you said, uh, with the buildup of the rest of the film, it's kind of an anticlimactic ending to both the bad guy and, I mean, the, the, the rocket thing is cool once he gets on the rocket, but come on, give the car skis or something, you, you know, <laughs> have it be, ha have it be a, a, you know, all terrain type car where it could, you know, go in water, it's a boat or something, you know. Because you're looking at it going, they're way here, and that that sh that sub's gone. For well, I, I like that as an idea, but as an execution, it doesn't quite work yeah. here. Because you know the the guy, um, the cue of this mm -hmm. movie, the gadget dude. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I I thought he was he was fun. Um, yeah. But he uh, is, is Agent Tobolai Shavers. Yes. He's uh, the most movie name ever. But he like leans through the window and says, oh, guys, don't forget the manual. It's like this thick thing of all these weapons and capabilities, and they're completely useless. I think that's kind of a neat idea. Um, but it's also useless to engaging the audience during this 20-minute climax because <laughs> well, like, they're just driving. I think it would have worked better earlier in the film. I think to pull a gimmick like that so late in the movie after you've had the avalanche scene, you've had the Columbia scene, heck, you even have, you know, a, a few of the minor fights. It's you get this gimmick of them trying to figure out the nifty weapon and you're like, OK, that's cool. That would have been better, like in the middle of mm, the film yeah. versus something that's in like the supposed to be the major climax you know uh, you know in fact you could even work that in the gimmick of the film where they couldn't figure it out and so he brings the car back later and everything's labeled you know <laughs> <laughs> you know something along i mean you know, something along the lines of that but it's just the the last quarter of this film was just a little bit rougher to get through because the rest of the film is is solid and it moves and you forget that it's really that two some hours until you get to the car chase and they're just like 
Okay, get on the boat. Get get on the boat. Get on. <laughs> we blew up potatoes. That's funny, but get on the boat. What are we getting on the boat? <laughs> and and help me out here. Yeah. Um, Sam Jackson's character, mm-hmm. the Nick Fury of this movie, Augustus Gibbons. Gibbons, yes. He understands that Czechoslovakia or wherever they are is about to get not blown up, but like a lethal dose of gas. And yeah. he says, like, there's no way to evacuate 100 million people or, or 11 in 20 million people minutes, in 20 yeah. minutes. Yeah. Yet he drives right into the center of town <laughs> to watch Xander Cage possibly get killed and kill everybody else. Like, I understand you can't evacuate, but it doesn't mean you can't hightail a jet to get the fuck out of the country. Like, what is he doing? <laughs> like, that's irresponsible. He's a leader of this organization. He needs to he needs to survive. <laughs> no, he's got to see the action sequence because he wants to see, you know. They got he's, satellites. He's they... <laughs> curious on how this ends, you know. Send a red um... shirt down there to, you know, because they, they, they have the guy say, you know, call off the airstrike and he, mm-hmm. he can do that, but. It doesn't have to literally be on the bridge. He literally gets some serious Nick Fury lines, too, though. Like uh, uh, Xander early on picks on his face because Nick Fury is all uh, Nick Fury. Ha! Look at me. I did it again. Okay. Sorry. The parallels are are very uncanny. Uh, Gibbons is burnt from fire on one part of his face. And he goes uh, something along the lines of your country, you know, thank you for that, or was it worth it? And he said something along the lines of, it's a small price to pay for putting foot to ass for my country. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, there's dialogue like that throughout this film that, that is just so much fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's uh, he's got another one where um, Vin Diesel had just you know, passed, or it was clear he was going to make it on to the next stage, and <laughs> Sam Jackson says, why is it always the assholes who pass the test? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. You know, and well, that's the thing, too. They build this up after the first test. They build this up like he's going to kind of band together with this misfits, and they're the ones that are going to go after Yurgi, but it doesn't really happen. It's just him, which I was kind of yeah. disappointed at. I was kind of hoping for more of a, you know, misfit bands, pre-Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad type of group. <laughs> yeah, but I, I got to say, I still, this made me laugh in 2002 and equally in 2020 where they're in Columbia and it's uh, Xander Cage and one of the other guys are like coming out of this building and they're seeing the choppers come in, I yeah. think, and starting to blow stuff up. And all of a sudden the third guy pops out of the door with this giant bag of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like really cagey and like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> you know how much this stuff is worth? I'm getting the fuck out of here. And he just takes this whole like, it's like a pillow. It's like a pillow of cocaine. He's got to wrap both hands around it to get it. And, you know, Xander Cage is being the hero and fireman carrying this guy who's hurt because he gets hit by a stray bullet. Um, and, you know, he's carried up. He's like, oh, uh, you know, <laughs> and this guy's carrying coke. So, yeah, no, that was that was that was a hilarious moment, too. I mean, that and that's fun. And he wants stuff like that in here, you know, in, in a movie like this. And it knows very much of what it is and it plays to his strengths. There's no and it's also playing off the popularity of Vin Diesel. And since this is the director of Fast and the Furious, of course, they're going to have cars in here. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and his car is the muscle car. 
uh, which is similar reminiscent to what he drove in, <laughs> in Fast and Furious. So oh, yeah. they're obviously calling to that. Um, <gasps> but... Here's that connection, hmm. all right? Because as Uh-oh. the way he got that GTO was yeah. he had... He to as part of his cover, he had Yorgi steal ten cars. Yeah, uh, like exa- like Lamborghinis and shit. But then there was the GTO, right? Yep. Going back to this idea of the cousin movie with Vin Diesel, imagine if Xander Cage had Yorgi steal Dominic Toretto's car. <laughs> 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 and then at the end, Dominic Toretto shows up. Like, I want my car back. <laughs> We're family. You're not supposed to take my car, <laughs> but it's okay. I forgive you because. We're family, um, which those are my guilty pleasure. I fully admit it. Um, <laughs> the X and the Furious. There the you go. The X and the Furious. I think I think you got something there. Hollywood, <laughs> if you go with that, uh, copyright Ian Simmons and co-copyright Mark, the movie man here on the spoiler room. <laughs> uh, I think you've got yourself some some gold there, actually, because they brought Xander Cage back, you know, the return of Xander Cage. So they could easily work it in there. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, no, folks, this is your basic action film, but uh, it's a lot of fun, I think, overall. it The fact it helps that it's aware. It's aware of what it is. You know, it, it's never, I don't think, taking itself too seriously. And maybe it's to a fault with the ending, but I, I think it knows what it is and it plays to its strengths. Uh, yeah, I agree. It, the one thing that struck me, uh, going back to what we like to talk about, the 2020 lens, mm-hmm. um, it does have that, you know, women as objects kind yeah. of a thing going on, specifically during that uh, gadget montage oh, God, where yeah. he picks up the binoculars and he can see through the outfit, you know, to the brawn panties of the female agent who's like doing target practice. And what is the name of that special feature? It's penetrator mode yes <laughs> like oh my god <laughs> he calls it penetrator mode the the weapons guy is a womanizer he's always flirting with all the all the ladies in the cop shop in fact at one scene we see him surrounded by all the ladies at the cop shop i mean it is very a masculine script and and she the thing is the the one uh, police woman that they're looking at her underwear with the penetrator she finds it amusing so that's how you know. Yes. That's yeah. how you She's know. Like, this oh, is, attention from a man. You, you know, this this is a, not a 2020 film because in 2020 she'd point the gun at him saying, you know, if you don't get rid of that, I, I'm going to shoot that penetrator, you know. Um, <laughs> but no, well, instead she finds it amusing, which, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and also, um, I think it was earlier in the club scene mm-hmm. when they're celebrating, maybe it's when they get the cars. Uh, I think it was Kolia who was the younger brother of Yorgi. He he announces, uh, he says, bitches come. That's how he gets all the, the, the club hanger on girls to show up for the party. Um, which I think someone should make this into a meme of Clarence Boddicker's, uh, you <laughs> know, admonition robo- Robocop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bitches leave. Bitches come. Uh- <laughs> You, I, I think you could you could probably make that weird for sure. Uh, <laughs> I, I I would not attach my name to that. Certainly. No, no, uh, that, but but you, someone do could. it do it under do it under a pseudonym. They'll never they'll never find out. Of course, no, not on the internet. <laughs> not on the internet. No, not at all. Uh, but yeah, I mean, overall, it's it's fun. Um, again, it, it's it, it's this is I think 
in all honesty, outside of because I love him in Pitch Black, but I think Vin Diesel really needed to make more films like this that played a little bit more to where he he's kind of more of what it seems like himself, but he doesn't have to be too serious, you know, because any love scene he has. Again, we have Vin Diesel. We have a kissing scene. And he and Aisha Argento, uh, Argento cannot kiss. Oh, my God. It looked like two. <laughs> someone took two, two goldfish and just smashed their faces together because she, like, goes, like, wide open. And he's like, uh, and they're just like, yeah. And I'm just like, this is, this is not. There is nothing at all romantic or sensual about this. It like both of you are like, we've got to do a kissing scene. Okay, fine. Uh. <laughs> yes, the Xander zone is very distinct from the erogenous zone. <laughs> Xander zone. <laughs> oh, and of course, you know when he's what he he's not talking to anybody. That's what drove me nuts. <laughs> is when when he sends the missile down into the water. He says, "You're in the Xander zone." <laughs> He says his finishing line to the submarine. It's not like he says it to Yergi. It's not like he's saying it to the crowd that's out there. No one can hear him over the noise of the boat. But oh, he's got to use the he's got to have a catchphrase to take out the boat. You're in the Xander zone. And he's like, who are you talking to? <laughs> you don't have a camera in front of you either, like a webcam. If you had the webcam with you, I could see. But uh... it's, it's the thing is like this script kind of flip flops. And this isn't necessarily a criticism because I love this movie. It flip flops between being a self-aware, you know, very mm. sharply written fun action movie and also being a parody of those big dumb action movies i mean i see that that uh that xander's own line i just see mcbain from the simpsons uh, zone. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, now i see mcbain in this uh <laughs> oh and the the, the villain I, you know now that we've experienced the room as a phenomenon i was imagining if they remade triple x they could cast yorgi they could ta cast tommy Wiseau as yorgi <laughs> elena you're tearing me apart <laughs> oh hi xander oh, <laughs> <laughs> i have to blow oh. up the world with ahab it's going to look great it's going to look great uh, <laughs> oh the chemical mixed i hate this shit oh hi xander <laughs> 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 oh. I did not poison them. I did not poison them. I did not. <laughs> they, they made the poison themselves. They poisoned themselves. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's that. Now, wow. You know, and now they get that real face app. So someone just needs to take those photo those scenes with yorgi and do the real the real the replace face app and replace it with tommy Wiseau's face <laughs> it would, it'd probably work uh have you, you seen know those? no i i know what you're talking about but I'm, I'm just getting this idea because all you have to do is take the plot of die hard with a vengeance where <laughs> tommy Wiseau is playing yorgi's long lost brother slash <laughs> cousin and he's going up against Xander Cage and his long lost cousin slash brother Dominic Toretto. Toretto. Oh my lord! Wow. You yeah. <laughs> you, you could call it a room to a kill. No. Uh... Oh! <laughs> 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 
Oh, I gotta. I should. I'm gonna play this back later. Go write these ideas down. I think we got some gold here. <laughs> you at the very least have a movie poster, sir. <laughs> <laughs> a room to a kill. Triple X <laughs> and Fast and Furious crossover <laughs> with the room. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Triple X. A room to a <laughs> Yeah. You've got you've got like lethal lethal plastic spoons that he's trying to he's trying to take you the could, world with. Oh yeah. you could do it for the Fast and Furious ten. FFX. FF FF Triple X Triple X. With the big X in the middle for their ten and five Oh this is where we got Oh dude. You heard it here first, folks, in the spoiler room. <laughs> Hollywood, Hollywood, here we come. We've got we've got some gold here for you. Oh, and for the COVID era, you can do a crossover with mask. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, yes, Hasbro, get on that. I'm still waiting for that movie, by the way. Uh, the Hasbro <laughs> universe. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think we'll wrap it up here with Mr. Xander Cage and uh, Asia Argento. I, re- I I will say this introduced me to her because um, uh, I, I wasn't aware, you know, uh, of her pre- previous work. And so I did, ex- you know, look at some previous work and I knew of Argento, the name. I didn't put the two together until I saw her in the movie. And I'm like, oh, that must be OK. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, uh, so your final thought with Triple X, would you would you still say that it it holds up today and would you recommend it to the action film crowd of today? Oh, definitely. I mean, it's a uh, it's weird to say it's a throwback to 2002, but <laughs> even though there are some macho sensibilities that don't necessarily age, I am fine with saying that I enjoyed, you know, that mm-hmm. <laughs> that machismo. I I was entertained by it, and maybe it's just cuz I'm a, a dumb guy, but it doesn't, you know, you're, you kept, you've said repeatedly that it doesn't take itself too seriously. And I think that's kind of the key to its success. We don't see movies like this anymore. Mm. And even though this is probably part of a glut of big, dumb action movies at the time, I think we're now at the point where that nostalgia is kind of <laughs> warranted. Uh, because even like the, the later James Bond movies, the plots are so complicated and everyone's so serious and dour that you almost forget how to have a lot of fun you know, with an international spy who gets to drive cool cars and make out with girls and, and play around with weapons. That's a, that's a neat thing. And I like that Xander Cage is kind of like, he's a reluctant hero, but eventually he becomes like a kid in a candy shop and it's a lot of fun to kind of be in the driver's seat with him. Yeah. I, I think you hit on something that a lot more action films that aren't comic book action films seem to try to take themselves more seriously. And even comic book action films, we're looking at one, we talked about it before, that starred Vin Diesel in it. Bloodshot <laughs> took, took itself. <laughs> but it, that's, that's a prime, I think, example of an, of an action film, even though it was based off a comic, that, that tried to do the line but really still took itself too seriously i mean maybe that's why i enjoy the fast and furious franchise so much because it knows what it is it plays to its strengths and it it by far is not is saying we are not a serious franchise anymore we're just ridiculousness and Mm -hmm. i welcome that because you're right uh early 2000s it was still getting some of these films that didn't 
uh, take themselves too seriously. Because a few years later, like five years later, we'd get shoot 'em up. I love mm. shoot 'em up. I thought shoot 'em up was great. It's another one of those pseudo parodies of sorts. That you know, it's a kind of a send up, but like you said, with Triple X, at the time, it's it's its own movie. But you can also see where they're kind of taking jabs at the tropes that of the other films that were of its type before it. And I think triple X is doing that here. And you got that in the early two thousands. And maybe that was all the way back from when scream was like deconstructing horror. These were kind of trying to deconstruct action films in a way um, to not make them so that they're not fun. They're still fun, but they're just like, Hey, just look how ridiculous this is. <laughs> well, right. And, and, not to, to belabor the conversation because I know we're trying to wrap up, no, but okay. there's that, that scene where Xander Cage first gets into town and he's in the club. He meets mm-hmm. up with his uh, contact who's like local law enforcement and they're going undercover in your Yorgi's club. And it's this, you expect the same typical scene of like, I got to pretend to be someone else and kind of mm-hmm. weasel my way into this thing. And I got my partner who's going to kind of be across the room monitoring things. Vin Diesel figures out who Yorgi is, like spots him. And he just like marches up to the VIP section and says, uh, hey, that guy down there at the bar, he's an undercover cop. You know, you've <laughs> yeah. been made. And that's how he gets in. <clears throat> it's just, it's. It's unexpected. It's a lot. It's very funny, uh, especially when the the cop, you know, the the heavies mm-hmm. kind of bring him in. He's like, "I was just here getting a drink at the bar. What's going on?" He <laughs> just like throws him out. <laughs> well, and and that was another Bond moment. That was another Bond moment because in James Bond, everybody knows who James Bond is. He's the worst spy in the world because he comes up and the bad guy knows who he is. Oh, Mister Bond! It's like <laughs> it's like they they pretty much know. And so Xander shows up to Yorgi. And Yorgi's brother knows exactly who Xander is because yes. of the internet. So he's not under a different name. He's Xander. <laughs> That's an excellent point, because if they had tried to pull some undercover stuff, then the guy would have been like, why is my internet hero pretending to be some, you know, Czech <laughs> drug dealer or whatever? Which made me curious about 2002 internet in Czech. I wonder if Prague had better... Uh, uh, internet than the U.S. I'm just wondering because he watched the video, so you never know. <laughs> oh, <Just kidding. laughs> he probably he probably ordered the tapes off the internet. Oh, that's right. He oh. said tapes. That's right. So they they got tapes because uh, his uh, his the person earlier that Xander Cage was talking to at his party where he got away with it, which I'm like, dude, your face is all over the freaking <laughs> camera, and you're getting away with stealing a senator's Corvette. And it's a surprise to you when the SWAT team shows up at your party. Uh, but before that, he's talking to a lady who, who actually runs his business and everything. And Eve, yeah, Eve, Eve, played by Eve. Yeah, JJ. In this wonderful scene where I'm like, oh, this film's actually trying to kind of be ahead. We've got a strong woman here who's not a romantic interest to Xander. She's all business. In fact, he relies on her for his Internet fame, basically, because she's the one putting the tapes together and doing all the work. And that, okay. And then, you know, we get the penetrator scene. And I'm like, oh, never mind. Uh, <laughs> it, it, was, it was there and it it is gone now. <laughs> oh, real quick about that yes. senator's car. It's a, you know, little red Corvette. Mm. Um, I had to call bullshit on it because he has a <laughs> bumper sticker on it that said skateboarding is a crime. Who would put and a bumper sticker on a Corvette? 
Right, especially because he's like to to Xander occasionally he thinks he's just the the valet. He's like, yeah. and don't scuff the paint. I'm like, yeah, don't scuff the paint. Guy does not have bumper stickers on his car. I get it. It's tr- it's like a visual cue for the audience, but again. Five minutes later, you got Xander Cage telling everybody about this guy. So it's right. like you don't need it. You, you you didn't need it. That didn't make much sense because I'm just like, why, 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 why would you do that to a, a vet, especially that vet? Why would you put a bumper sticker on it? Like it's some pickup truck. It's <laughs> not what you would want to do. And we get it. He's a dick. We, I mean, you introduce him. You don't need the the bumper sticker. But yeah, you're right. It it, it is. A visual aid, but um, they didn't quite need it. That was like, all right, that's unrealistic in this action film where <laughs> he, he, you know, I believe that Xander Cage took his motorcycle between razor wire while being chased by a gunship in the middle of Columbia. But by God, I don't believe a guy <laughs> putting a freaking bumper sticker on a Corvette. <laughs> And that's I'm sticking to that. I'm I that, think you with me, Ian, on that. I think, I think it is a bridge too far. Yes, it is. <laughs> that's where they jump the shark. Okay, <laughs> the bumper stickers where they jump the shark. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right though. I miss I miss films similar to this. I mean, we do get them, but not often. We do have them in streaming, but they're not as well made because they're usually direct to video and lower budget. Mm. Um, I don't. It's sad. The studios don't seem to want to really take a risk on a fun popcorn action film that's not attached to some kind of comic book property, you know, or previous franchise. It Yeah, it, it, it's it's a weird time. And maybe after this covid reset, if and whenever that happens mm-hmm. and they start making, you know, big movies again maybe it'll have been long enough that people kind of lose their attachment to these comic products. And not that there's anything wrong with them, mm. except for the fact that all this brand recognition has squeezed originality out of the marketplace by and large. And that's, it's sad to see. Well, it, I, and I think it, and we've, we've talked about before, I think it's just a matter of money that they can't yeah. get investors in anything. That's not a well, a recognized name or kind of a for sure thing that's why part of the reason too we're frustrated with so many sequels and so many entries into new fran in you know in existing franchises or reusing a name or you know uh comic book films that's because that's what they can get financing for i mean if you came to them and going hey we want to make an american james bond with vin diesel now they'll go like okay have fun with that um <laughs> <laughs> Gee, not, not with our money. Yeah. <laughs> my, well, I got rent to pay, and I've got a yacht to buy, and yeah, I just can't today, you know. <laughs> or if they did, it wouldn't nearly get the seventy million estimated that it got to make Triple X. Which actually, if you look at it, seventy million in two thousand two, actually, that still was kind of low for the type of film this was. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's uh, you're talking like quarter million dollar budgets now to get anything like (laughs) semi off the ground. Right. So, I mean, the fact that they put that much in, apparently it it grossed uh, in the U.S. 142 million when it was said and done. So I'm like and they couldn't get Vin back for a sequel. Uh, Don't get me wrong. I like Ice Cube, but he got a poor script Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, on the second one. But yeah. It, it's still fun. I think outside of some of the 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 masculinity uh, to it that doesn't age too well, everything else about it, I think, is a lot of fun. 
um, if you can look through it. And it's in sparse. It's not nearly like Fast and the Furious where you're going to get the prolonged two-minute slow-mo of the girls in the hot cars because <laughs> that's just standard in every Fast and Furious film. Um, you don't get that, but you still do have some of that humor. And it is mostly a male cast and, and the female. I mean, Asia does do some things, but not in the nearly enough scenes to really, yeah. you know, I mean, she does shoot a guy through a door. That's awesome. And she gets one other scene, but it's mostly, you know, it's mostly the triple X. It's the title character guy. Um, and, it, you know, he obviously is in every scene. Yeah. So there you have it, folks. Triple uh, X, seek it out. It's worth a rental. It's fun, especially if you're a Vin Diesel fan. See his early work. See a work that he's actually comfortable in where he doesn't have to do too much emotion. Um, and that's not a that's not a ding on him. It's his strengths. You know, it, when he's not doing as serious, I think it's better for him. He seems yep, he's just a lot more fun to watch on screen. So now's the time when I give uh, my guest the license to shill. Um, so another <laughs> James Bond. It's like a James Bond night. Um, so Ian, the floor is yours. A license to shill. Go ahead, sir. Well, you can find me in the Xander zone. <laughs> But if I'm not there, you can find Ian Simmons over at Kicking the Seat. That's kickseat.com. Uh, I put out uh, three podcasts a week and also uh, YouTube videos over at youtube.com slash probably kicking the seat. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> go over there, subscribe, all that good stuff. It's a lot of fun. You're in the Simmons Cinema. Um, no, there you go. Doesn't have quite the <laughs> ring to it, but I appreciate the effort. The, the cinema, the, the Simmons Sin Zone? I don't know. Uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch? Now I'm hungry. Now, that's good stuff. Um, My last name's Krachek, so the Krachek zone just does not work at all. Uh, It (laughs) sounds like a disease, a venereal disease or an STD of some sort. Um, You're in the Krachek zone. Well, here's some medication and some penicillin. (laughs) Take that for seven days. That should clear right up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We are, uh, at the time of this recording, we are a week away. I do have to plug... Uh, the episode 300. This is episode 299. So we got episode 300 coming up next week. Uh, very excited for that. Uh, we are going to do it live on the YouTube channels. There's a link. And yeah, it should be a lot of fun. And tune in. Uh, look on the specialmarkproductions.com webpage. There's a link right there for it. For the live event, you can chat with us. We'll be talking about what the fuck films and <laughs> what the fuck movie product tie-ins or whatever. It's going to be a very free-flowing episode. Uh, kind of much like this tonight. Um, <laughs> so uh, I thank you as always, Ian, for joining. And, and now I think we'll just say good night, everyone. Good night. <laughs> You're in the Xander Zone. Couldn't they pick one other th- term than Xander Zone? That just it doesn't it doesn't work. Well, I think I think get in the zone auto zone was still a few years away. <laughs>out there looking for more spoiler room goodness then why don't you check out our brand new patreon page patreon.com slash special productions where you can get access to exclusive spoiler room episodes and a whole lot more you can also find us on facebook groups 
at SMPRD and on to Twitter at SpecialMarkPro. Let your voice be heard and let us know what you would like to see in the spoiler room as well as just how we're doing in general. We appreciate your support and remember in the spoiler room the conversation is fresh but we do spoil the movies. <laughs>